What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, okay. hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Something's wrong with this. This is not right. I bet this is not right. Your son, Mr. McMahon, does indeed love to play the game. Whether that game be hide-and-seek, horseshoes, or as seen last Friday night on SmackDown, marbles. Stop talking in riddles! Who's my son? Things are looking up, Mr. McMahon, but not for you, for your son, Hornswoggle. What? Oh, the bastard! Oh my gosh! Look! Mr. McMahon's son is Hornswoggle! Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling, brought to you today and powered by the WWE Network. 
Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and start your one-month free trial of the WWE Network, courtesy of your friends here at the two-man power trip of wrestling. And if you survive the WrestleMania season, get ready for the greatest Royal Rumble ever, live Friday, April 27th. Streaming on the WWE Network, it's going to be the biggest collection of superstars to ever take place in a Royal Rumble match. So tune in on Friday, April 27th for the greatest Royal Rumble only on the WWE Network. And you'll get that with our free trial. So if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad. And as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today on the show, we have a little bit of a double shot going on here. We have two guests for the price of one as we're joined by a returning Robbie E to talk about his brand new podcast and a guy who spent many years in the WWE and made quite a name for himself as Hornswoggle, as now he's known as just Swoggle joins us. And Swoggle was a guy who we've been trying to get on the show for quite a while. Obviously, somebody who, while he was with the WWE, had his detractors. There was a lot of fans that did not appreciate the Hornswoggle character. There was a lot of comedy that went into it that fans kind of balked at. But it was a character that fit what WWE was going for. And there was a lot of great moments to come out of the WWE run of Hornswoggle. Obviously, the benchmark one that everybody thinks about is the reveal that was still, if you look back to this day, one of the best things they did during that era was Hornswoggle to be Vince McMahon's illegitimate son. And, and the whole buildup and the execution and the final in-ring segment, say what you want about that kind of comedy and wrestling. It works. It was hilarious. And Vince McMahon sold it like a champ. And Hornswoggle was the illegitimate son of the chairman for quite a while and it made for some great television. But then you think about the association with Finley. You think about some of the things he did with DX. You think about the fact that he was a cruiserweight champion. And there was a lot that Hornswoggle did in a quite a while that he was on the WWE roster. And even to include starring in uh, the Leprechaun reboot. So he sure did a lot while he was with the WWE. And John, I'm going to welcome you in now. We're going to talk about Hornswoggle here first before we get into... Robbie E. But obviously, you know, I kind of joke with you on the side, but, you know, when we had Bruce Hart on our show two and a half years ago, Bruce Hart went on like a 20 minute diatribe about Hornswoggle and what his character's done to wrestling. But he played his part. He did it very well. And obviously in this interview with Hornswoggle, you're going to get to hear that the guy who was portraying that character, he really loved what he was doing. He was one huge fan living out a dream in the WWE. Yes, Chad, for sure. And the thing with Hornswoggle was, and especially the WWE, you know, quote unquote, the old school land of the Giants. It's pretty amazing that a fan like him, obviously, you know, of the shorter persuasion, of course, you know, you would never think. And he even said and his parents even said, you know, you're never going to make it. This is a silly dream that WWE is this huge monster wrestling promotion that has bigger guys and they don't usually, you know, ha have smaller performers or midget wrestling is done and, and, and you're not going to uh, be successful. And damn, if he didn't have a great run there for about six years or so, I mean, it was crazy to think about the run that he had. And like you mentioned, Vince McMahon's illegitimate son, that angle was so funny. And in the interview, we talk about how Sandman was in the ring and it was almost Sandman as the Ill illegitimate son of Vince McMahon. That was hilarious. He starts out as a little bastard he turns into Hornswoggle. Obviously, he's with Finley. So many different things that he did in WWE just kind of 
surprise you and it came out of nowhere and you just didn't know, you know, what you were going to get with that character. And he kept delivering week in, week out. And it was always entertaining and was always doing something good. The tough love storyline with Vince was funny. He had that little feud with Kali, which is, you know, a sight wise, you know, a very, very short man versus a very, very tall man who was Kali was probably, I don't know, seven, two or seven, three. So the dynamic of it just really worked in all those comedy spots some people may have liked it. Some people didn't. Obviously, Bruce Hart was one of the people that didn't. But it worked, and he got over it. He was living a dream. and He was living a dream that he never thought he'd be able to live. Pretty damn cool. And obviously, the raw, uh, anonymous general manager storyline as well played out to be him. So a lot of cool, different stuff and a lot of high watermarks for him. And I always look when, you know, when you're doing research or when you're looking back at somebody's career, you're like, how many high watermarks do they have? And he had quite a few. This kind of leads me to my WWE Network recommendation. Yes, that is WWEnetwork.com slash TMPT. You will get a free month. You will get to see the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Yes, I'm talking about the greatest Royal Rumble out in Saudi Arabia. Because, quite frankly, this is being booked as a bigger show than WrestleMania, believe it or not. But going back to Hornswoggle, his moment that I would have you look up on the WWE Network for my network recommendation would be Extreme Rules. Yes, check out the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Yes, Daniel Bryan versus Kane might have been the main event, but we, LC, El Torito versus Hornswoggle, stole the show. So go to wwnetwork.com slash TMPT to get your free month of the WWE Network. Enjoy a little bit of The Little Bastard. Enjoy a little bit of Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle McMahon there for a time, which I think is uh, one of Vince McMahon's, probably one of his biggest comedic moments is just the reaction when Hornswoggle's revealed. I can't get enough of that. And obviously that's the clip you're hearing off the top of the show here, but we're going to just transition a little briefly here to talk about our good buddy, Robbie E coming on to talk about his brand new podcast, why it ended John, obviously he's very enthusiastic about getting the word out about this show that he does with our buddy, Matt Kuhn. We call the music man Matt, who is a very good friend of ours, who's been with us for a lot of great events we've done in the Richmond area, and he's a very friendly guy, he's a very knowledgeable guy, and now he's partnered up with Robbie E to bring the Why It Ended podcast to you as part of the MLW radio network, where they're telling stories that maybe you didn't hear before, you you could have, but maybe you didn't, and they're going to give their own perspective on it. Uh, the guest list that they have is a very good guest list, and obviously you're going to hear from Robbie what they're trying to do and why they're trying to make their show different. But, John, before we get into this big episode with these two interviews, I just want to get your take briefly here about Robbie E. and about the Wyatt Ended show. And like I said, obviously he's very enthusiastic and was very excited to get the word out about it. Oh, yeah. He was uh, asking me all the time, hey, what can I get on uh, your show to promote it? What can I get on? So I said, hey, man. Let's uh, let's get this ball rolling and get you on so we can promote why it ended because it's quite an interesting topic, quite an interesting angle, if you will, to look at the different way to do an interview. And obviously why it ended played a big part. So you'll get Buff Bagwell's story. You'll get Muhammad Hassan and Justin Credible, just to name a few. And it's really kind of a, a cool way to do it. Obviously, we know Robbie E. very well. We know Matt very well. So it's good that they kind of... Uh, thought of a different and unique way to attack the interview process. So check it out. Why it ended on the MLW network. You will not be sorry. You will love it because it's getting more popular 
as the weeks go on. That's right, and they got our support without a doubt. We're uh, huge fans of Robbie. He's been on the show a few times, and you know John's gotten to know Robbie E, and we know his story. So, it, like I tell him in the interview, I always thought he was the perfect podcast guest, but now it's time to see what he's like as a podcast host. And with Matt Coon, you can't go wrong. He's a uh, knowledgeable guy. So check out that show. And what you're going to do is you're going to hear Hornswoggle first, and we're going to go right into the Robbie E. interview. So stay tuned for all that. It's a big show. And in the next couple of weeks, gear up and get ready because you will not believe this TMPT Con 2 lineup that we have for May 19th. Well, we're going to be bringing those guests to you in the next couple of weeks on this show. So... I just got to give you the big, uh, the big spiel for it, the big push. It's TMPT Con 2. It's coming your way May 19th in Richmond, Virginia at the Holiday Inn on Commerce Road in Richmond, Virginia. And listen to this lineup, folks. Headlined by Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, and Scott Hall. To also include on the show, Mr. Hughes, Ronnie Garvin, Too Cold Scorpio, Henry Godwin, Mikey Whipwreck, Gilberg, Shannon Moore, Solo Darling, Nikolai Volkov, The Barbarian, and C.W. Anderson. And oh, also, how could we forget the latest addition to the TMPT Con 2 lineup? And it's about to get crazy as New Jack is now joining the TMPT Con 2 guests in Richmond on the 19th. So, folks, if you haven't gone over to our website, which is TMPT of Wrestling.com and reserved your tickets and reserved your room at the Holiday Inn then you are going to be missing out on one hell of an event, and we cannot wait for that to come. And if you stay in Richmond, then join us as well for the TMPT Con 2 nightcap going on at the Backyard Grill in Richmond, where Eric Bischoff will be sitting down for some drinks, a little dinner, and a Q&A that I'm going to be billing this as an intimate Q&A because nothing's off limits. Ask Eric whatever you want, and it's going to be an amazing night, and I think uh, we can all say that Eric Bischoff does not hold back. So that alone could be worth the price of admission and all the ticket information is at our website. It'll bring you over to the Brown Paper Tickets website where all of our stuff is housed on there so you can get your general admission tickets, your autograph tickets, your photo op tickets, as well as the tickets for the Eric Bischoff nightcap. So get ready, folks, because in a few weeks, this big push is coming. So now as we have the music start to creep in, we're going to hit you with a little Hornswoggle first, followed by Robbie E. But John, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business. And let's get this show on the road. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. 
and all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Follow along with a two-man power trip as we come to a town near you. Join us in Richmond, Virginia for TMPTCon 2, May 19th at the Holiday Inn with feature guests Kevin Nash, Easy Eric Bischoff, Mikey Whipwreck, Mark Canterbury, and so many more. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a former WWE superstar, a former WWE cruiserweight champion, you may know him as the Little Bastard, the Raw Anonymous General Manager, or even Vince McMahon's illegitimate son, he is Hornswoggle, a.k.a. Swoggle. Please enjoy. We're live to tape, so you know, so uh, putting this one, uh, you know, don't worry about it. We're not live. So here we go. Joining us on the line tonight is a former WWE superstar who you may remember as the name Little Bastard. He's also a former WWE Cruiserweight champion. We are joined on the line now by the one and only Horn Swoggle, a.k.a. Swoggle. Swoggle, thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm glad to be on. 
Oh, we appreciate you coming on, Swoggle, and we're here to talk about the ACW Water City WrestleCon 2018 coming to you live on April 21st featuring a litany of wrestling Hall of Famers and superstars including Ryback, Jeff Jarrett, The Sandman, MVP, Scott Steiner, Hurricane Helms, and of course Swoggle. So Swoggle, how's it going out there in your neck of the woods and how's the build here for the ACW Water City WrestleCon? There's still goddamn snow on the ground. It is April. <laughs> it, is, it is April 11th as we're taping right now, and there is still snow on the ground. Not only that, but they said Saturday and Sunday we could get another six inches. Again, it is April. This is uh, this is Wisconsin, man. Like this is. Other than that. Everything for WrestleCon is coming together. Flights are booked. Uh, schedules are made. It's going to be fun. Like, this is, we did it last year. It was amazing last year, and we're doing it even bigger this year. Oh, that's all. In a big way, too, of course, you see that name Ryback sticking out there. So, obviously, you're going huge. Not even just big, you're going huge with, uh, with the big guy. Uh, but, yeah, the Water City WrestleCon, we're buddies with Kevin Thorne, so he was out there last year. And we heard all yeah. about it. So, obviously, you know, it did well enough to bring it back for, uh, for a second year. But, uh, you know, the expectations, one to two, you know, what are you expecting? You, you have now a loyal audience built in there. And are you trying to uh, kind of make this, uh, you know, an annual thing now out there? So, we did our last one at, uh, at an expo center. Um, it was just a big open building. Um, it was literally just, uh, just kind of going on a whim. One of my partners said to me, hey, Let's do a, can we do a mini convention slash signing and a show? I said, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's try it. And so we did it and we had a thousand and ninety people. And then, uh, wow. Menominee arena opened up and we we're like, Oh man, that'd be awesome if we could do that. And then when they asked, they said, Oshkosh, what do you guys want to see at the arena? There was over 600 comments saying we want ACW and it, it blew us away so we we're like all right we got to talking and we worked out the details and here we go this is going to be you know it, the thing is this is the biggest no independence not even just in Wisconsin but I've never I'm on the independence now I have never wrestled at an arena on the independence like this is a big deal they've contacted WWE for you know house shows and NXT tape or NXT uh, live events, but we're gonna beat all those. We're the very first wrestling in the Nominations Arena, which is kind of crazy to me. It's it's uh it's a big deal to me to be that. Oh, that's awesome, and that's obviously in a huge way you guys made your mark. And and obviously getting into an arena, you know, for anybody. Uh, obviously, we've seen some shows that are coming later in the year that are attempting to do that. But for you guys to, uh, to make that jump, that's pretty huge. And you being somebody who's on the independent scene and one of the more booked guys out there, period, you get to see the good, you get to see the bad, and you can kind of play that little mental game of chess and know what you can do uh, maybe to right some of the wrongs that you see out there done by other promoters. But is it kind of tough to, uh, you know, have that on your back to, uh, you know, make sure things go to plan because, you know, fans have to go home happy. The boys have to be happy as well. So there's a lot of pressure that goes along with putting on a show of this magnitude. The, uh, you know, it's the cool thing about it is myself, uh, Josh Bender, Josh Weimer, and Nathan Gust are all kind of running it. Um, I'm kind of the, 
a public figure, uh, you know, to the company because just because I have, uh, I guess I have kind of a name in the wrestling business. Um, so as you know, as it comes to PR stuff, I'm usually the one that's the the face of it. But so if it if if it doesn't go well, it falls on all of us. But it, it's such a cool effort because all of the roster has really stepped up and to make this a success. The same as the community. Oshkosh as a whole, they have they have backed ACW so much in the last four and a half years. Like we've been going for four and a half years, and I would say the last year we have had it's almost like a cult following where we have this like a strong 175 200 fans that are at every event and that are just they're they're in the trenches with us. If we have a if we have a bad one, they take it on them. If we have a good one, it's on them. Like. We have we have a very good support system. Not only the you know the crew we have, but the fans, and it's, we're lucky to have that. Because, like you said, if it were not if something were to happen that you know in a negative way, normally it would fall on one person. But now it's all of us as a group effort to make sure this show goes the best it possibly can. Yeah, there's always uh, a lot of pressure when it comes to putting on a show. And obviously, you know, I just mentioned our buddy Kevin Thorne. He's got his show coming up, the Arabian Rumble 2, which we're going to be talking to Kev about that here in the uh, the next couple of days. Uh, but you're also on that show as well. And when you look at the bill of the guys that are on your show there and also Kevin's show out in Indianapolis, you know, you see this great collection of superstars. And obviously, you've come through the ranks with nearly everybody and seeing each other outside of the world of the WWE and on the independent scene and seeing how everybody makes their living, you know, do you enjoy spending the time with the boys, especially the group that you see at these shows, especially even Kevin's show? It's a great group. You know, do you really love getting into each show and kind of reconnecting with everybody, you know, whether it's a convention or a wrestling show? Billy Gunn has been like a dad to me lately. Him and I have such a relationship. It's kind of crazy. Um, it's a love-hate relationship where I love to make him hate me. <laughs> uh, but Tommy Dreamer, I see once a month, and he's always I've call I call him my dad because he's he's been a dad figure to me for so long. It's just it's it comes. I love the independence. Obviously, WWE calls tomorrow. I'm going, but I am having so much fun right now that it, it just. I don't know. It's 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 almost not as stress. It's not stressful to me. It's not work. It's fun. Yeah, I don't know why, but Billy Gunn's been like the white whale to the two-man power trip. I mean, it seems like every time <laughs> we're we're involved with the show, we never talk to Billy. But I guess it's uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's purposely on his part. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's cool to see all these shows together. And we're on the East Coast, so you know, we've seen you come out of WrestlePro a couple of times. We've seen you at the Legends yeah. of the Ring convention. You know, and people always do take to you, and obviously the run that you had at WWE is something that a lot of people talked about, uh, both good and bad. A lot of purists didn't love some of the comedy, but then you see what you did and the impact you had in terms of the audience that you brought in. Uh, but when you look back at all of it, you said if the phone rang, you go tomorrow, you know, what do you take away from your time in the WWE, Swaggle? What do you uh, look back at the most as being something that, you know, you kind of rest your hat on and you know that, you know, you did something right in the business? Uh, they let me live my live a four-year-old dream for just under ten years, um, and a guy who should have never made it in this world. I should have never made it in WWE, but somehow I did, and somehow I made it for just under ten years. 
and it comes to the point where I I can't say much negative. I got to live my dream, and I got to truly live out everything I wanted to do, um, the good and the bad. And and at times it was, you know, it's such a roller coaster at times, you know, between positive and negative. And but in the end, I can now my my son can be proud of his dad, which is the most important part. And he still is, even independent. And that kind of scared me, too. Like, is he going to view me any different? Um, because I'm not with WWE anymore. And he doesn't. And that's the greatest thing ever. And that's, so I kind of know I'm, I'm doing a decent job raising a son. Because he not, he's not judging me for, for what I, you know, what I used to do. He's all about what I'm doing now. And it is great that you had such an impact in WWE and you were there for an extended period of time. I'm always curious, how do you get the call? Who makes the call when you do get signed? Obviously, it's not Vince McMahon himself, but who is kind of giving you the call saying, hey, you know, we're looking at you, we're scouting you, we want you in the WWE? Um, at that point, uh, Tommy Dreamer called me to offer me a deal. And uh, he's the one that called me and said, hey, we are looking for – Someone, uh, someone, uh, you know, someone of your stature to work with Finley, and Ken Ken Anderson said you were the guy. That is pretty cool. Obviously, Ken Anderson played a big hand in, in training you and helping you out and getting you through, through the business. Yeah, I, so I you... owe I owe Ken Anderson a lot of my career, and uh, he said he said the other day. Um, yeah, I did his podcast a couple weeks ago, and I said I told him that. He goes, "No, no, you did." I said, "No, man, you gave me every every opportunity. Sure, I might have done something with it, but you gave me every opportunity, and I, I, it, may, it meant a lot for me to be able to finally tell him that and thank him for that." And that is great. You know, he obviously played a big hand in, in training you and helping you along, but it is great that. You know, all of a sudden you you look and you know a buddy of yours or somebody you look up to or a trainer or a mentor was the one that kind of was like, this guy needs to be in WWE. I'm going to help him get in the WWE. So that is you know that's a, a pretty cool story and and I like that um, Tommy Dreamer was the guy that signed you because Dreamer at at that point was doing a lot of signings, but um, people kind of were you know wishy washy uh, on Dreamer in, in that role and I feel like it was good because he did make some good impactful signings. Were you surprised at all that you were picked up? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I should have never been there. Literally, I should have never been there. Um, not in my wildest dreams would I have thought that they would, I would be signed with WWE, um, especially when they did away with the juniors division. I was like, oh, that's my call. That's my only shot. And I did away with it. I was like, oh, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just, it, it, I, I thought I had no chance, but then I was so blown away when they called me. So cool, you know, to look, you know, a fan, and, and you know, obviously your size would be a detriment, you would think, in signing in the, in the land of giants. Normally, WWE. So you make your debut on SmackDown. You, did you think it was funny at all that you, you know, you're the little bastard? They kind of didn't have a name for you. They just kept re- referring to you as little bastard. I did, and I was like, okay, this is this, this can't last very long. Um, but originally, they told me this mic was probably going to last six months, so I never. You know, I never thought, okay, this is going to be a long-term gig. I just went along with it. And as, as, as long as they had me there, I was going to try my best to kill it every time. 
And obviously the partnership, or like Dreamer mentioned, the idea was to pair you with Fit Finley, legendary, a great wrestler. And you kind of might be thinking like, hmm, how are they going to put these two together? How are they going to put this partnership together? Is this chemistry going to work? What were your thoughts when they originally pitched the idea and were basically like, okay, you know, you're, you're, you know, the, the leprechaun, if you will, to Fit Finley? Uh, I thought it was, again, exactly what they said. This will last six months, and that's literally it. Um, this can't go very long. Uh, and But I uh, I somehow made it 10 years, and whether it's being decent at what I did or being really good at staying under the radar, um, <laughs> either way, it was it's fine by me. Now, obviously, you know, through the storyline, you helped defend to win the U.S. title. You know, there's a lot of things happen within the storyline, but something kind of happens where they change the name to Hornswoggle instead of Little Bastard. I'm always curious with, with them and, like, this name generator idea and kind of, like, think of, of with names and where they come from. Where does that name actually come from, Hornswoggle? Is that something you make up, they make up, you no, guys they, uh, elaborate? They literally just told me one day, hey, this is your name. You can't call you Little Bastard. I go, oh, shocking. Let me guess, because of merchandise reasons? They go, yeah. I said, I could have told you that from the <laughs> beginning. Like, But it's, uh, and then they told me that your name's Hornswoggle. I go, okay, sure. And then I found out it means to cheat or swindle. It's like an old layman's term. So I was like, oh, sure, anything. Again, at that point, you could have called me poop stick, and I would have been okay with it. I, just one of those things that always fascinates me with, with names. Like, you never really know where they get it from. Does the talent really know where they get it from? You know, no it's, it's just one of those things. That, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, like, so anyway, they kind of don't get, ask you for the name. They, they give you the name. But you, as you're going along, they give you the Cruiserweight title. That's kind of be another surprise for you. Were you shocked that not only, you know, you're getting the title, you're winning the Cruiserweight title? Did any any of that kind of uh, come as a, as, a, as a big surprise to you? So there was so many things at that, like right in the beginning of my career that were like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, this is this shouldn't work. This shouldn't be happening. Like, the first one was getting hired and then being on television. And then it was, oh, my God, I'm, I'm on WrestleMania. And then it was the Cruiserweight title. And then it was the – every time it was like pinch me moments where – I can't believe this is happening. I never would have dreamed that I would have been hired. I never would have dreamed that I would have been on WrestleMania. I never would have dreamed that I would win a title. Ever. None of those things. And they somehow did. Pretty amazing. And actually a really damn impressive run. Because usually when somebody's career, it's like, oh, yeah, they won you know, this title once, and that was kind of it, and they floundered and that. But you, there's so many high points and so many high water marks that I think of. It's like, okay, won the Cruiserweight title. You know, pairing with Finley is cool. But when you become Vince McMahon's illegitimate son on TV, that kind of, uh, you know, raises the bar a little bit. And anything associated with Vince, obviously, you know, the Stokel Steve Austins of the world and, and the different guys that get to feud with him, it always levels or um, brings up the level of somebody's game. Being his illegitimate son, what were your thoughts when that was kind of um, brought to the table? I thought this is going to be the biggest moment of my career. Like, <clears throat> hands down, this is going to be it. Um, this is going to be, this is going to to literally rocket rocket ship me 
on television, and this is going to be the defining moment of my career. Such an interesting and shocking storyline when it, when it happened, and I remember just thinking, like, wow, is that like was that where we was going the whole time? Did they give you any inkling that it was going to be you, or, or did you know for an extended period of time? Like, kind of when did you find out that, that you were going to be Vince's son on TV? Found it at 4.30 that afternoon. <laughs> oh, my God. It was in Green Bay, and Bruce Pritchard, it's now become like kind of a famous story. Bruce Pritchard comes up to me and give me your phone. I go, what? Give me your phone. I go, absolutely not. He goes, you're going to want to give me your phone. Please give me your phone. I go, okay. So he takes it, and he goes, you are Vince's son. We're revealing it tonight. I will, I will give you this at the end of the night. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's pretty uh, pretty intense. I know uh, Bruce. I he, I've heard him uh, tell you know part of that story before. It, it is interesting. Do they normally do that? Is that normal practice where they take the guy's phone away from them? I don't know. I've never heard of that. But I think they wanted to keep it so under wraps. Yeah, they I, mean, I guess they go. We'll go to a certain extent. And I guess they wanted to keep it a huge, huge secret and go to that extent where they take the phone. Now, obviously, you know, you get the phone back later in the night. But in the meantime, what's your reaction? What's, like, your gut feeling? Like, I'm Vince's son. Like, is this a joke? Like, what's really going on? What's going through your head? First thing I asked Bruce was, hey, can I use it one more time to just call my dad and tell him that he needs to come to the show? He goes, tell him to come. Please don't tell him what you're going to be doing. I said, nope. And he was right there when I called him. I said, Dad, I'm going to have comp tickets for you. Please come to the show. And he goes, absolutely, I'll be there. And that it was, is It was surreal to me. It was just so surreal to me. And that's great to have your, your dad there, part of that moment. What was it like uh, for him and kind of for you and kind of in conjunction of being there that night? Because that is a huge, huge mile marker, a huge moment, <laughs> you know, whether a lot of people realize it or not. It, uh... It's even bigger when it's in your hometown. Like, just it just escalates it even more. And it, like I said, it was at that point where I was like, "This is going to be huge for my career. This is going to be what what pushes me forward." And at this point, with Vince. Is there any sort of talk with him, like, before you go out there? Is there any sort of, like, collaboration of what's going to go on? How does, like, the rest of the night kind of play out before you end up walking out and being um, addressed as Vince's son? So I was told – excuse me, pardon me. Um, I had a headset always underneath the ring with a monitor or whatever, I, you know, at TV show, at TV tapings or, you know, raw and that. And uh, he said, hey, Vince is going to get a headset. Do not talk on there until Vince talks to you, though, because they were going to cut off the the uh, the feed to everyone else. So it was just Vince and I talking, so no one else would know. And um, I, I, it was just so surreal to me. Like this is happening, and he explained everything out there. He explained what we're going to do, and he said, "All right, I will talk to you as the night goes on, but please don't talk on here." Unless I mentioned, unless I ask you. 
That's pretty interesting, though. The the monitor on the ring, the headset under the ring, that kind of access to Vince. What was the conversation like when he's you know when that one or does it even happen that one on one conversation where he's directly speaking to you? It was just literally, Dylan. This is going to be this is you're you going to be revealed as my son. Um, we're going to have this tonight, and we'll see what this brings. When this is all going on and that happens and you're Vince's son and, you know, it's the hometown, your dad is there, did it meet your expectations? Were, was at, like I know you said after the fact you were expecting it to be a rocket ship, but did it meet your expectations as, as far as kind of where it ended up going? I think it kind of exceeded my expectations because I didn't know where it would go. I had no idea. Um, obviously, you know, it, it, it ended in a different way than – most people would have thought and maybe end abruptly, but who knows? I, but I was, I was happy with it. So cool. Then they start that tough love storyline and the great Kelly is involved, obviously seven foot two versus you. It, it, the, the size difference was insane. Really, really with Vince kind of ends with that, that steel cage match with Vince. When you're having that much interaction with Vince on TV, does that mean you're having that much interaction with Vince off TV, or is it almost like here's the storyline? We'll see you. We'll see you in the ring. Uh, at times, I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't in his office constantly, you know, hanging out and eating eating grilled chicken breasts. But we were doing backstages, you know, sometimes three times a day with each other, and he was very hands on with all of that. So it was it was a lot of times with us working together on it. Now, you obviously would go on, you have a little mini feud with Chavo Guerrero, and then you're revealed to be, uh, later on, obviously in storylines, the raw an anonymous GM. Was that another one of those things where they, they take your phone away from you or they surprise you and say, you know, you're going to be this spot? Uh, no, not really. Not, not, not like that. Nothing was ever like, like the Sarah uh, stuff. Um, but that was, I was pitching for that for a while, and and. How it happened was was definitely not how it was supposed to go down, and, and it's supposed to be much different. And you know, it didn't work out the way it, it should have. But it's it's something that people remember, and that's what matters in the end. For sure. How was it originally supposed to go down? How was it supposed to be different? Uh, I was going to be almost just this heel character, this heel kind of. Uh, just heel general manager that talked and this that and the other thing and that day it all got changed and just wasn't meant to be I guess you know when and when things like that happen and everything do you have a, a say at all like is is it you know the writing team and you collaborate is there any t- type of say on your part or is it most no, no. no once they have their mindset they, you ain't gonna change it nine times out of ten. Okay. Now, one another high water mark that I wanted to mention to you was was a show that I was at. It was the Extreme Rules, and I remember this because it was funny. Because going in the feud with El Torito, you never quite know if it's going to be good, if it's going to be bad, if it's going to be something for comedy, is it just going to be something you know that they're just kind of like wasting time with. But you and Torito, uh, on a few occasions, kind of tore down the house. And when I was there live for WLC at Extreme Rules. We L C shockingly might have been the show stealer. It's so many, you know, fans were into it, it was crazy. 
Great match. Do you have fond memories of WLC and Extreme Rules in that match and the feud with El Torito? That match is the single greatest thing I will ever do in my career. Um, bar none. Um, it, it wasn't possibly the best match on the show. It was the best match on the show. Uh, and that's that's not me being, you know, uh, just having to say it. No, it, it was. And I think I took a little bit of heat for saying that in a couple of interviews, but it, it was. And, and it was better than the Shield versus Evolution. It was better than everything on that car. I know it was. And and the reason I feel so strong is because, like you said, everyone thought going into it it was going to be this little ha-ha comedy show, and we beat the piss out of each other. All All seven of us literally beat the piss out of each other. And it was the greatest night of my career. It, it, everything went off so flawlessly and exactly how we had it, how we had it in mind to go. And it's just the best match of my life. As we start to wind it down here, when I was there at that show, I just remember thinking like, wow, that, you know, that stole the show. And the crowd probably got the best, I mean, the best crowd reaction was probably for that match, and the crowd was super, super into that match. It was, it was crazy. It definitely shocked me and surprised me. Obviously, that's one of your, your favorite matches, but is Torito probably, you know, one of your favorite opponents? Is, or Who else in there did you really enjoy working with? Torito is easily number one because we did so much with each other, and it was always so much fun. Um, he, excuse me, he pushed me. He pushed me, and he let me prove to the office and to the locker room that I could do it, that I am a professional wrestler, that I'm not just this sidekick and, um, you know, sideshow, side act. I'm a professional wrestler. I didn't get in this – I didn't – at four years old, I didn't want to – I didn't say to my grandpa, I want to grow up and bite an ass. No, I said, I want to grow up and become a professional wrestler. Um that's what I was, and that's what I am. And it's great to see that you were able to accomplish that, and so many people would have probably told you there's no way that's ever going to happen, um, you know, give up. Is that something that's been said to you before, you know, before you got into it, like, yeah, right, you know, it's never going to happen. You're not going to be a professional. You're never going to be in WWE, you know, with the, was, the land of the Giants, with Vince and everybody else. I was six years old, and I had major back surgery, and that paralyzed me for three months. Um, when, I, when my back got fixed, First thing the doctor said was no contact sports and no trampolines. Ten years, or no, sorry, two years into my WWE contract, my my back doctor called my dad and said, I see he didn't listen to me, and my dad said he didn't listen to me either. Um, And they both kind of laughed and said, but he's happy. He's living his dream. Um, So many people, and, and that's like, I recently wrestled a lot for House of Hardcore in their TV title tournament, and that was my whole thing, like, Unfortunately, it didn't go out the way, I, you know, didn't end the way I wanted it to. Um, but I went three rounds in. And my whole thing was with that, everyone in my life has told me no and told me you can't and told me this won't work. And every obstacle I find, I've, I've looked so cliche to say, but every obstacle I've gotten around, and I've proven everyone wrong. Tell me, tell me I can't and I'll prove to you three different ways that I can and how I can. It's, it's, I don't know if that's my mindset or just the thought of someone telling me, no, you're a midget, this won't work. 
and me saying, yeah, I'm going to make it work, and I'm going to fucking do it better than you even thought I could. It is amazing to think about it, especially now knowing you had that surgery. And I can't even imagine your dad thinking like, okay, this, you know, this, maybe even your dad thinking like you're nuts or whatever for for accomplishing uh, what you accomplished. So definitely an inspiration, and you definitely went through a lot of obstacles. Is there something in wrestling, like a dream match or something like that, where you're saying where people might say that will never happen or this not going to happen, and you're going to make it happen some way or another? Um, I don't know. I, I you know, uh, if Kurt Hawkins ever gets re you know released again, I think him and I got one in us, and that would be fun for me. Or he's my best friend. Um, Hawkins is truly my best friend and I would like not to work against him, but when I got released, as, as everyone knows by now, I'm pretty sure he was the first person I called and, uh, I didn't call my dad. I didn't, I didn't call anyone before I called Hawkins. I literally got out the phone with the WWE and I called him and I said, it happened. And he said, uh, give me an hour. And within 20 minutes, he had me 13 dates and, uh, Oh my God. And a lot of them were tagging with him, and that was our plan. Like, literally, I booked, and then I got, a, like, five days of tagging, and I was like, this is going to be, like, the new Candace and Joey thing. We can make this a thing. And then he got rehired, and it never meant, it never happened, which I'm so happy for him. He's so deserving, and he's one of the greatest human beings in the world. Yeah, he's one of the greatest human beings in the world, and especially in the wrestling business. And he's such a damn good wrestler. He's a fan of this business. He loves this business. And he, he everyone that you put him in the ring with, he makes look like a million bucks. And I, so I couldn't be happier for him. He's got a new baby, and he deserves all of this, and actually way more than what he has. And But if time ever comes, I would love for uh, two and a half men, or one and a half men, to uh, to have their... They run on the indies, brother. <laughs> now, when you did hit the indie scene, it really was uh, it was a pretty uh, exciting time because a lot of new names were hitting the independent scene that were coming from WWE, and especially with you because you can really you can, you can really attract yourself to the kids very very uh, well on the independent show. I think maybe better than anybody else. Um, did you see that you get more one on one, and that the fans really did love you and did have that admiration for you all those years? that you were in the WWE now getting into the independent scene, especially the conventions. I mean, that's a reach out and touch situation if I've ever seen one. I love working the merch table at indie shows. <laughs> I'm like, some guys hate it, and I fucking love it. It's You get that one-on-one time that you never get in WWE. You get to interact, and man, there's nothing better than a fan coming up to you and saying, hey, like, like when, the coolest thing is when a dad like has their son with and their son is about land. My son's Landon's age, and just like they're, they're watching the show together, and it makes me so happy because when I'm in the area in the Wisconsin and real west area, Landon will come with me, and just take it all in. And he's, it makes me happy. Like, and I, I make sure I tell every dad, every dad and every parent I see, I said, thank you for bringing your child, because my dad that my dad did that for me, and I'm doing it now for my son, and it's such an important bond that. You know, people bond over movies or video games or comic books or sports, but this is a bond of professional wrestling, and that's a bond that I have with my son. And it's 
it's something that I love to see in other relationships, especially dad and son relationships. And I love it, man. This is so much fun. I, uh, when I, when I returned to Oshkosh for the first time for ACW, um, I, I, I had been running, running the company for two and a half years, three years at that point. And, but I never got, to, and I was at shows here and there, but I never got to actually, you know, partake in a show. And then I got to be in my hometown and I was so nervous because I was like, this is, this is all I wanted to do. And it's so maybe crazy to think, but when I was off the road in WWE, I was jealous of these guys getting to work for ACW because it's like you're having so much fun and this is my hometown. This is where I belong. Um, WWE was amazing, but I always thought, what will happen when I get to work Oshkosh again? Um, and I got to, and I still get to, and it's, it's an awesome feeling every time. Yeah, that's awesome. That is, uh, that's pretty sweet. And it's very fulfilling and it's all going to go down at the ACW water city WrestleCon. And, uh, before we get into the wrap here, I got to say as much as I uh, really did enjoy everything that you did in the WWE, I cannot uh, tell a lie. Every time Muppets most wanted comes on, I have to point out to my daughter that I know who that guy is. And I point to swoggle and I know a big Muppet, Muppet fan you are. That's got to be something pretty cool, too, having a young kid that you can now point yourself out as being in a Muppet movie. That's a hell of an accomplishment. So that only is the second greatest moment of my life, second to my kid being born, because if I say it's the greatest moment of my life, when my kid turns, he's eight now, when he turns ten, <laughs> he'll choke me out. Like, he'll, uh, it, it's like I would be the asshole dad of the year if I said, yes, being in the Muppets movie is better than having my son. But uh, it, it, man, it's a, it's a real close number two. It's, it was, it was so fulfilling. And, and at times when W, that was one of my low points in WWE. So for that to happen at that point, it really brought my spirits up and, and gave me positive mindset. And it was awesome. Like I got to work with the Muppets, something I've been a fanatic of all my life. And uh, I don't know, like it just, it was so much fun. It's so much fun. No, it's it's so cool, and it's uh, you know, like I said, every time you see it, you got to point it out, uh, just because it's such a great uh, great role that you have there, because it's just it's very funny, and and really all the scenes are just uh, they're almost movie stealing because that that whole entire uh, you know, every time they're digging the ditch, I mean, it just it cracks me up every time. But hey, I know you said your son's eight, but the Muppet Babies are back too. I got a two year old; she loves the Muppet Babies, so now they carry on to another generation. That's the, uh, I haven't watched it yet. I will say I haven't watched it yet because it's almost too digital and they added one character and they got rid of Skeeter and it's very different. I haven't watched it and I don't know if I will because, man, you mess with my childhood too much and I'm going to turn on you. I'll never turn on the Muppets, God damn it, but (laughs) you're you're messing it up. But it's, uh, you know, exactly. It is cool that, you know, uh, toddlers, you know, at a toddler's age, they can get into it. And my son, man, my son loves the movies, all the movies, and, like, a dad of the year moment while I was filming, he was real sick. No, like, while they were, uh, they hosted Raw, um, my, my son Landon was really sick, and I said, all right, hold on one second, buddy, uh, I'll, I'll FaceTime you right back, and I had Animal FaceTime my son, and I stayed off camera, and just talked to him, and get, you know, make him feel better, then they hung up, 
and I uh, I called him back, and he said, Dad, you'll never guess who called me. Animal called me. And it was, <laughs> it was one of those moments where it just made me feel like, God damn it, I might be a decent dad after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of those but, tricks. That's a dad trick right there. That's awesome. Yeah, when you got that opportunity, I'm, you know, that's every opportunity I had for that kind of thing. You know, me, you know, getting a getting a basketball signed by Shaq or the Hangover signed by Mike Tyson or Happy Gilmore by Bob Barker. I took it because you never know when I might leave this earth or when they might. And so, God damn it, I'm gonna take advantage of it. Always got to prepare. You got to. Uh, you always got to be ready. But yeah, we appreciate you coming on the nice swoggle. And of course, we want to talk about it one more time, the ACW Water City WrestleCon 2018 on April 21st, featuring Ryback, Jeff Jarrett, the Sandman, who was almost Vince McMahon's son. They should have milked that for another 30 seconds, and they could have got a huge Holy pop. Shit. <laughs> that, that was one of the, that was that was probably my favorite moment of that night, like me being revealed is cool, but that was so awesome. Like, cause they couldn't get him out of the ring. They had to call, they had to call one on the fly, a question on the fly. It was the greatest moment ever. And that could have been so, so bad, but it was awesome. Um, <laughs> the thing like all I had, like, all I'm throwing out there, find us on Facebook at ACW Wisconsin on Facebook at ACW Wisconsin on Twitter. I think we have an Instagram. I'm not very good at that, but, uh, just, this is going to be fun. This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. And uh, we're, this, you know, NXT did the We Are NXT shirts, and we did the We Are ACW shirts very shortly, like, after. I didn't even know. And, like, one of our fans said, oh, it's just like the NXT ones. I go, ah, shit. So then we changed. We, uh, we did those, and we also, <laughs> did one state, we also did one state under wrestling. Because that's how I truly feel. Like, this state has come out, especially the city of Oshkosh, has come out and had such a following for ACW. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then the following Friday, April 27th, you'll be in Pendleton, Indiana, for the Arabian Rumble 2, another great stack card with Swoggle and Kevin Thorne and Billy Gunn and Hardcore Holly, Tommy Dreamer, another great list of guys. So, Swoggle, before we let you go, please share your social media and where everybody can find everything going on in the world of Swoggle. Because I just won't goddamn let it go. It's at WWE Hornswoggle on Twitter, at WWE Hornswoggle on Instagram, ACW Wisconsin on Facebook, because there's 97 fake Dylan Possible accounts. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that's it, and it's been a lot of fun tonight, Swoggle. We appreciate you coming on. All the best with the uh, Water City Comic Con, and uh you know, we uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're glad uh, we're glad it was you and not the Sandman. Let's put it that way. Even though it could have been a lot of fun, but we're glad it was you. But thanks so much for coming on, Swoggle. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Here comes the On the line here is somebody we know very well. You've heard him on this show before. He's the dad bod destroyer. He's a former two-time TNA tag champion, a TNA X Division champion, and a TNA TV champion. One of our favorites, Robbie E., who is now the host of his own podcast. But Robbie E., welcome back to the two-man power trip. Hey, see, so you. I feel like you 
practice that intro this time because didn't you mess it up last time? I don't know. I I do so many of them. I got to tell you, I do look it over and I do refine it. So three or four times on the show, I get to refine it over time. You know what I mean? Yeah, all right. That 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 was perfect. And yeah, I kind of feel like I'm like a some kind of a co-host, even though I'm not on every week. I feel like I've been on this show like 20 times already. I feel like I know you guys really well. This is like a normal thing. Oh, Robbie, we always got to bring up the first time we had you on, which was probably, uh, it might be the best just from the comedic standpoint, but you know, we told the story the last time we had John, where you guys were, you guys were hauled up in a hurricane down in Florida during the TNA tapings. I don't know if you remember the interview. I remember it very well, but it was, uh, it was quite the, it was quite the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it is what it is, man. At least I was honest. No, it was fun. It was always, uh, we could tell, you know, you were having a good time. We were having fun, but uh, it's always cool to get you on and especially to talk about your brand new podcast, Why It Ended with Robbie E on the MLW Podcasting Network. And Robbie, when I think of you, I think of a great podcast guest. So the fact that you're going to have your own hosting platform, I got to give you all the credit in the world. That's a hell of an undertaking. And you got a great co-host as well and Matt Kuhn. So tell us about the podcast. And tell us kind of how it all came about. Uh, well, when I had more time on my hands, when I left Impact, a lot of people hit me up and said, that, hey, a podcast would be perfect for you. And I thought about it, and I came up with uh, the idea of why it ended, which was basically just how can I make my podcast different by having guys on where everyone doesn't know their stories. So I feel like a lot of wrestlers have told their stories a hundred times in shoot interviews or online interviews or podcasts and you hear the same thing. So I wanted to try and find guys where you don't know their stories, guys that have vanished, guys that aren't regularly at conventions and independent shows. So the concept I liked because I thought it would be really cool. Um, but then I went against it a little bit because I said, I don't want to start a podcast because I don't want people thinking my career's over, my in-ring career's over. Um, but anyway, I, I hooked up with Court Bauer. I talked to him. I told him the idea. He loved it. It kind of gave me a second wind on it. So I said, let's give it a shot. MLW Network's a great platform, you know, to get a podcast out there. And I hooked up with Matt Coon, my co-host, and the rest is history. So it's been going good. And the cool thing about it is I enjoy every interview each week because, you know, I'm not doing research on the guys and getting, you know, asking a list of questions. Matt Coon does all that dork stuff I'm just <laughs> talking to the guys and talk to them and ask them questions and act and react kind of like the fans probably do while they're listening so it, it's fun for me each week to ask guys about their stories because you know it's it's new stuff to me and the guests that we're trying to get are guests that really make you say like holy shit i forgot that guy existed you know like Muhammad Hassan, like glacier you forget about these people so hoping it's uh, we, we hope it's giving the fans something exciting yeah, no, it's a cool concept. I got to give you that. And I, I kind of fall into your category, too, where, you know, John does all the research stuff and, and I kind of just let the, the vibe of the interview go. How Wait, it's, are you saying that John's the dork? A uh, 1000 million percent. Absolutely doing that. And I've I've gotten more comfortable with calling him out for that in the last, uh, I don't know, year or so. I've known the guy for 15, 16 years, but it's only taken about the last year to uh, to call him out on the carpet for that stuff. But I get that feeling, you know, and for you, you're the perfect co-host in that regard because, you know, you can just kind of bounce stuff off of experience you had in the business. Maybe you ran into one of these or two of these guys at an indie show, so you kind of can relate to knowing the vibe of what they want to talk about, you know, what they do, what they won't talk about. So in that regard, I got to say, the, the, the platform you guys have to talk about things that may not have worked out in the way they were originally planned, I, I got to say, knowing you the way we do and seeing what you've done in your career, I think it's a perfect show for you. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, you said it. I, I think a lot of guys just do feel comfortable because I am in wrestling and I've been in so long and I have some kind of a relationship for the most part with each of our guests, whether I know them a little bit or know them a lot. I mean, for the most part, I, every guy we have lined up for the next few weeks also are someone that I know somewhat, so they feel comfortable with me. I'm in wrestling. I'm not looking to... We're not looking to talk about anything bad. Every show has a happy ending. We want to talk about that the guys are in a happy place now. So it's really a good thing. Plus, every guest that we've had on so far, the aftermath has been like they've gotten like a lot of Twitter and Instagram followers. They've each gotten like a booking or two out of it. So like they're getting a little buzz from doing the interview. So it's good for everybody involved. And that's always uh, the most successful thing about a podcast is the reach. And obviously, MLW being a great partner of yours and being the guys behind the show, I mean, we've worked with MLW promoting things for the last couple of years, and you know, we know they've got a huge fan base, and they're pretty much the uh, you know the 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 go-to when it comes to the wrestling-based shows. And you've got your other podcasting networks that have wrestling shows, but I, I kind of feel like MLW is the perfect spot for for a show like yours. And I I guess obviously you and Cord getting together, kind of like that match made in heaven because he was able to to find a good vehicle for you. Yeah, no, I agree, and. and- I will even say, even when I agreed to do it and I started doing it, I didn't know I was gonna actually enjoy it as much as I am. But like, I look—I mean, we have a few in the in the page to be ahead, but like, I look forward to each interview that we do every week because, again, it's 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 exciting for me to find out this information just like it is for the listeners because I'm not doing research. I don't know this stuff ahead of time, so when I'm talking to these guys, it's like, well, oh, that's pretty cool. Like it. It's a fun little 45-minute chat. Um, so, you know, if I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't. So who's the one so far that's really made you think and really uh, kind of channeled that inner mark inside of you as somebody in the business? Who's the one guy so far that told you something that really blew you away? Well, you know what the thing that has blown me away the most so far is how – well, let me just say first and foremost, our first guest I'm sure is probably do – you, do you have any interactions with Glacier? Do you guys know him? We interviewed Glacier a couple of years ago. Isn't he like the nicest human in the world? Yes. Very nice. And that like blew me away. I did not know like how nice he was. So I think I'm just taking back like I'm, I'm like I couldn't believe how nice he is. Muhammad Hassan, I couldn't believe as a high school principal. Freaking buff Bagwell we had on and I know him so well. So he just but he still blew me away with how insane he is. And then Zach Allen, I didn't know he was such an a-hole when he was in WWE after he told the story. So there's just, <laughs> I'm finding out something about, I think that's the thing that's blown me away the most, man. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's get John into the mix here. John, I'm going to uh, kind of pass it over to you so you can kind of delve in because as being the resident researcher here, you got to love all the research that they do for the show. Yeah, I got to give it up to Matt Kuhn, uh, our buddy. He uh, he definitely does his research, does his you know, does his due diligence. And I know Robbie has mentioned this on that show. He's got a great voice too. You know, well, after, after the first episode aired, I got a weird silky voice and I got totally creeped out. So I had to bring it up to him. And now it's like a thing. He's got a pro wrestling <laughs> t-shirt coming. That's called like chocolatey silky voice. And it's so creepy. I think his voice is creepy, but I mean, I guess it's good for, uh, if you don't know him, like I do. <laughs> we know him pretty good. He's a good friend of ours. He's definitely, uh, a uh, great voice and definitely a great co-host. But looking forward, is there somebody you guys have on your radar you can't get in touch with or somebody on your radar that you 
you've been dying to get on that's just kind of one of those wide ended, but they're just missing? Um, no. Well, we have a big list of guys. And what's really crazy is actually a lot of guys have even reached out to us wanting to be on the show. But we're, we're definitely trying to, you know, the first few weeks that we're still in and, you know, we're still on a new show, we want to kind of have guests that will pop, you know, just bigger names or ones where you're really like, oh, my God, you know, I want to hear that guy's story. But there's definitely um, some guys on our list that we definitely do want at some point. We really haven't tried to reach out to you yet. Uh, we want David Flair. We think his story would be awesome. I don't think uh, he's talked very much or many people know it. He's on the list. Um, I personally, I don't know about you guys, but I want PN News. I mean, is he a great guest or what? <laughs> He's a great guest. Yeah, I, mean, I might be the only one that's excited. No, PN News but is I, great. We, but no, we got. Uh, what were you saying? I was going to say PN News is a great one. Oh, dude, he is a great one, and he's a cool dude. I met him in, over in Europe. That's where he lives. So I think he would be totally down for it. But I would say the main one that that we we're going to reach out out to that is somebody we want is david flair that is a, a an awesome one and it's pretty cool that you had on chris harris obviously as well and zach gowan recently and obviously just incredible so it's pretty cool you, you got a good you know good grouping there uh, anybody kind of stick out to you as, as surprising of what you, you know what you heard from them um i mean again I, like i said it was they were all kind of surprising um, I didn't know that Zach Gowan had so many problems when he in the locker room when he was in WWE. I didn't know that Glacier was the nicest human in existence. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know all the stuff that went down with Muhammad Hassan. Even when he exited, um, you know, WWE, I didn't know like that his last ever match was with the Undertaker, and he never stepped foot in a wrestling ring again. All these years later, so yeah, there, every week I'm getting a lot of holy shit moments where I can't believe stuff. So I know, and it's good because I know if I'm excited about it, I know the fans are going to be. And, you know, we're very, me and Matt are both super shocked that, you know, I'm a super confident, almost a little a lot cocky guy, but even I'm blown away by the numbers we're getting for these shows. So it's super cool to know the fans are listening and coming back and the numbers are growing each week. And also the, you know, the, the five-star ratings and everything else uh, on iTunes. Did you kind of foresee it being so popular so quick, or did you think that it was going to have to grow a little bit slower before it started picking up steam? definitely thought that it was going to grow slower and again I'm, i don't know much about podcasts now i do i didn't um i didn't know how they worked but i definitely uh i know numbers are important obviously and yeah i didn't think we were going to be getting the numbers we're getting so quick it, it's a shock and yeah we're, we're both super happy with it mlw's happy with it now obviously you know you said david flair would be a dream guest and there's some guys that it's funny i, I see on the page like uh, lance von eric uh, wanted posters stuff like that are we going to see kind of more of that like little bit of a comedic element as well? You're just going to throw, uh, you know, some wanted posters out there on Twitter and on social media. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all, all, all the wide ended social media Matt Coons behind all that stuff. So when you see all any of the dorky posts or the, uh, the Mark stuff. Now just one question away from uh, that podcast for just one second. It's wanted to see, have you seen that Jersey Shore has returned? Does that bother you at all? Do you love it? Has it, uh, you know, refreshed Robbie at all? Or, or is one oh, of those things you just laugh? Me and my wife were pumped all week to watch it. I mean, you got to understand, before I was a Jersey Shore character, me and my wife legit used to love watching that show. So it was fun to watch it. And I will say, I mean, dude, they're all married now. Like, 
they, they can't like bang other people and have this crazy life. So we didn't think it was going to be good. And it actually was. It was really entertaining, the first episode. And did you see the, the ratings they got? They were awesome. Crazy. And it's crazy to think that that was so long ago that they're, you know, older now, obviously, what, 10 years or whatever it was when it first started. And they're married and they have kids and different things. It's funny where you're at, too. You know, you got you got the dad by destroyer. You got the twins at home. A lot has changed in, in your life as well in that period of time. Yeah, I guess how I look at them now and I say, man, they're dorky. They're not as cool anymore. I guess I'm forgetting that's pretty much the story of my life and the same thing going on with me, too. But, <laughs> but I mean, hey, they're still all cool and so am I. So it's all right to be a dad. You can still be cool. But no, as far as the show, man, it's awesome. I, and I hope it does good again. And, you know, it, you can laugh at it or say what you want, but. If you don't think I've already had a few promoters reach out to me, like wanting to book me because the show's back, you know, you're wrong because it's already happened. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's only good for me. Robbie E., before we let you go here, you're in the car, you're driving to a shot. Tell us more about where we can find why it ended, when you guys release everything, and maybe what else you got in the pipeline with the podcast. Uh, Well, Wednesdays, 6 a.m., it gets released. You know, you can get it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Also, uh, whyitended.com. You can get the podcast and then follow us on Twitter and Instagram at why it ended. Subscribe to us on YouTube at why it ended with. E had a Facebook page coming and we also got some shirts coming on pro wrestling to you. So, I mean, it's only week five. We're still getting out there. We're still learning, but you know, it's a good thing. And don't be scared to tweet us, tweet me to tweet me, but to that to tweet Matt Coon and let us know, you know, future guests that you want interact with us. Tell us what you want us to improve on, and we'll work on it. Just be careful with tweeting Matt Coon because, uh, I mean, I consider him a friend. And, man, he almost bit my head off a couple weeks ago when we were talking about David Arquette. So he's a passionate wrestling fan, to say the least. I think him and John would make a better two-man power trip sometimes than, than me and John because, man, does Matt take that wrestling seriously or what? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, and, John, why, why, why are you letting Chad just call you a dork like that? <laughs> I mean, are you going to fight back at all? Um, I'll do it in person because uh, okay. I'm, a, I'm a lot bigger than him, and I'm gonna—I don't want to embarrass him over the airwaves. Oh, Robbie, I'm a inter- I'm a I'm a microphone tough guy. He knows the second I get around him, I will melt like butter. So <laughs> I could take all the liberties just for the good of the show. But he knows I love him. So, Robbie, we hope you have a great weekend wherever you're headed, and obviously, best of luck with the podcast. And uh, maybe we'll have you on and see what else is going on in the world of Robbie E. A little bit down the road. Awesome, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.